best part of doing a podcast is whistling my favorite songs instead of writing an actual introduction joke. Hey, sometimes I'm lazy. Welcome to Red Leg Revolution, a show about community. I'm Class C Environmental Disaster Dubs, and today we're talking capitalism-induced ecological disasters, government response to said disasters, and the fallout from the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. To help me do that, we brought my buddy Joe, who's, I guess, kind of just auditioning every week for a co-host spot if i could get him on the consistent production schedule i needed he probably would just be a co-host but anyway joe's here everybody what's up joe what up everybody yay and we spent some time dicking around with mic levels so i'm hoping that this one comes out a little less i mean have you noticed in the other episodes you did for some reason your vocals come across like really punchy and powerful you're not quite yelling at everybody, but you kind of are. <laughs> I mean, that's just my style, bro. Hey, it works. That's one of the reasons we work well together. <laughs> All right. So you ready to talk about ecological disasters and train history and shit like that? Oh, I'm always ready. Awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about this script. I threw it together yesterday morning, so it's timely, and I think it's... It's pretty fact-heavy, but that's why I really needed a guest to do this one. But it's not dry, and there's some good jokes in it, so let's do it. All right, let's start with the basics about the train derailment in East Palestine. From an article in the NPR titled, What to Know About the Train Derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, by Becky Sullivan, updated on February 16th, 2023. Quote, on February 3rd, just before 9 p.m. Eastern Time, a Norfolk Southern train derailed near East Palestine, Ohio, a town of about 4,800 people near the border with Pennsylvania. Nobody was hurt in the accidents, officials say. Most of the train's 150 rail cars were carrying cargo that was, not, that was not hazardous, officials say, such as cement, steel, and frozen vegetables, according to a manifest of the derailed cars provided to the EPA. But 20 cars contained hazardous materials, according to an update this week from the National Transportation and Safety Board, which is investigating the derailment. About three dozen cars derailed overall, 11 of which were carrying hazardous material, investigators said. The NTSB investigation is not yet complete, but early signs suggest that a faulty wheel bearing on one rail car may have caused the derailment, the board said. So, end quote. So, to recap... A train being operated by overextended employees, see our rail strike episode a few months ago, on an infrastructure that's been steadily degrading for 50 years because rail execs refuse to spend money on track replacement, carrying dangerous material without proper safety precautions, derailed due to a single uncaught broken part, and caused a massive, massive public health emergency? I'm not surprised. After all, this is America. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, this just... The kind of stuff this that, is America. What? This is America. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, you know, in this day and age, we kind of are unfazed. It's like, oh, we're going to go to war with anybody. And we're like, okay, no surprise. Oh, the economy's crashing. Okay, no surprise. There's a deadly pandemic. Yeah, well, we're still kind of unfazed by that. We're just, it's a very interesting time to be alive. Yeah, this was the logical next step. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We'll we'll get there. The writers have already, you know, signed their last contract for, for the season, and they are just going off the rails. <laughs> All right. So um, let's go to a different article, this one on Vice, titled, and this is a badass title, okay? 
It's called 32 Nasty. Rail workers say they knew the train that derailed in East Palestine was dangerous by Aaron Gordon on February 15th, 2023. I mean, that's that's an awesome 32 Nasty. And we're going to get into why, because the quote name drops itself. So, quote. Initially, the tankers containing the vinyl chloride did their job, protecting the dangerous chemicals from leaking. But a rapid temperature change made Norfolk Southern worried the tankers wouldn't hold, which would produce a massive explosion and release the known carcinogen into the air and ground just outside a town where thousands of people live. They chose to burn it instead, creating a giant smoke cloud that rose high in the air. End quote. So this Can you is- tell me what a carcinogen is? Um, so from what I understand, cause I, I actually went, uh, to college for molecular biology and then dropped out cause I realized, you know, I was wasting my money and the world was on fire. Um, but anyway, a carcinogen is anything that, uh, increases the risk of cancers. So okay. like cigarettes. So it's not like a, like a specific chemical group. It's like just something hazardous. You see, that's where it could be a specific chemical group. I just don't know enough, but it is something hazardous that's primarily associated with cancer. So cigarettes, great example, lots of carcinogens in there. It's not just one it's, you know, but I digress. The cigarette episode will be for a day when I'm trying to quit smoking and (laughs) have it on the brain. So, um, that, burning off of the or what they do explode the tank uh no they burned it control burn that controlled burn is the source of all those apocalypse style pictures we saw around valentine's day matched alongside articles of chinese spy balloons and potential ufos the ones of a gigantic black plume of smoke rising above east palestine looking like a deleted this is scene all from the last this is all part of pete Buttigieg's machiavellian plot to take over the president Oh, oh, well, we're going to be talking about old Mayor Cheat here in a minute. (laughs) Don't jump too far ahead. Okay, Okay, back, back to that Vice article. It is, quote, It is too early to say what the long term impacts, if any, of 32N's derailment will be. It is also too early to say what caused 32N to go off the rails, but it was not a surprise to some who work for Norfolk Southern. They have been warning that something like this, or even much worse, was inevitable. For years, Norfolk Southern, like several other major freight rail companies, have prioritized moving trains as quickly as possible out of terminals and rail yards over safety as part of a wider move across the freight railroad industry toward a management philosophy called precision scheduled railroading, intended to move more freight for lower costs. Safety inspection times and personnel have been slashed, hindering efforts to ensure trains are safe before they leave yards or terminals. Crews are dissuaded from reporting safety issues. Workers that persist in raising red flags are often ignored. End quote. So, any thoughts about that? Um, just from what I've heard about how Norfolk Southern is handling this is specifically, particularly negligent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did read that they did a $10 billion stock buyback last year. Oh, uh, uh, again, don't jump too far ahead. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah. I That's think- what you were talking about, like uh, the Vice article. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I've read in pretty much a lot of articles. Yeah, it's, it's pretty egregious how 
they're handling, well, how it came to be and how the, they're handling it. But yeah, we're gonna, well, let me get back to this because we're jumping ahead. So I do feel like this subject of, you know, safety being jeopardized in the name of profits is something that we recently touched on as a society. You know, it's almost like the rail workers knew that Norfolk Southern and other big rail companies like BNSF were skirting safety in the name of profits and that they were willing to put their own asses on the line to help keep us all safe. It's almost like they were going to meet their demands for safety and security and then some unknown powerful person broke their strike by siding with the bosses and saying, no Jack, everything is fine. It's almost like, I don't know, maybe the rail workers should have ceased working until those safety concerns, among many others, were properly discussed and addressed. I forget what you call that when you do that. You know, you stop working until certain problems are taken care of. But I can't remember. So it's called woke moralism. Woke mob. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Peterson's back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, trains need to go off the rails once in a while. <laughs> okay, that's enough, Dr. Peterson. All right, so the, back to that Vice article. Quote, On the run that ended abruptly on the outskirts of East Palestine, multiple red flags, including two mechanical problems, about 32N, went undetected or were ignored in the hours leading up to the crash, according to two workers familiar with the train. These red flags were especially concerning, said these workers, because 32N is widely known among workers as a difficult train to run, not because of especially difficult wow. terrain or equipment, but as a result of management decisions about how the train would be put together. As a result, 32N had a nickname among some rail workers. It is common for trains to have nicknames in the railroad industry, but as one worker told him about the board the nicknames are given for a reason they call this one 32 nasty end quote that's that's unreal to me that like trains have reps right right it's it's like you know the inner city you know gang wars and stuff like man i killed 14 brakemen in the past five years <laughs> what have you done <laughs> also like workers specific like came to journalists and, and we're talking about like we knew this shit was about to happen that, yeah, that's... and that's it's since it's still a developing story. They actually had a a link where people could railroad railroad workers could report anonymously and help them continue to follow that story. So yeah, but, but who follows up with that? Because like when I call the police, if it don't get stolen, like they don't fucking care. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, very much yeah. so. At the very least, they'll get a slap on the wrist, and you know, just. Like, here's some fines for your company, but you, you know, the people who actually actively made the decisions that made this train uh, derailment happen, they're not going to get criminal charges. Uh, they'll yeah. get criminal charges when the CEOs of, like, Exxon get criminal charges for climate change. But yeah. 32 Nasty, that's, that's either a great name for a mid-2000s rapper or a massive environmental disaster. I guess we decided. <laughs> Bottom line is that the workers, management, and owners knew that something like this was going to happen. It's not new, it's not surprising, and it wasn't a random occurrence. In fact, as this article from the Miami Herald titled, How Common Are Train Derailments in the United States? Over a thousand occur every year, data shows, by Brendan R Raskius, February 15th, 2023, points out that it is a regular occurrence. 
Quote, These recent incidences might lead travelers to wonder just how often trains come loose from their tracks. It turns out the phenomenon occurs regularly, according to federal government data. The accidents are often minor and rarely lead to death or injury, though some have led to major environmental disasters. About a thousand derailments occur every year across the United States, according to the Federal Railroad Administration. In 2022, there was 1,044 instances of trains coming off their tracks. Broken or defective railroads are one of the most common causes of derailment, according to the FRA. Faulty or missing cross ties, beams perpendicular to the rails, triggered 5.6% of the derailments in 2022, making it the second largest cause of derailments. End quote. Okay, let's do some math. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, this is just further evidence of like how bullshit our government is. Because <laughs> when you compare some someplace like China or Japan where they're building all this like new rail. Like we do we say the same shit, like we're gonna build all this new rail or we have people like Elon Musk like we're gonna build a hyperloop. But yeah. none of it ever gets done. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if it does get done, it's more the bullshit like the hyperloop where, you know, it'll only be for a small I mean the streetcar I think is a good example of how it got done versus how it should be done because when they first built that streetcar it would have actually made the most economic and environmental impact if it had ran to like midtown or south Mm -hmm. kc or somewhere where working people could get a free ride without i got some news on that what i got some news on that i can save it for the end though oh okay cool so, but instead, for people who don't live in Kansas City, they built it in like a ten-block radius through downtown, uh, where it's basically a tourist ride instead of being a practical way of getting around for work. Okay, I'll just say it. Go for it. Talking about the streetcar, right? Yeah. And what I was saying was that um, along when they build, when they do happen to finally find the funds to build stuff like this, kind of like you were saying, how it's more usually a tourist trap, right? Yeah. Uh, to boost tourism money or whatever. Well, they also gentrify the fuck out of the property near the streetcar, for example. And like, there's this developer called Mac Properties from Chicago that is like planning on building this like hundred million dollar uh, apartment complex, like twelve hundred dollar apartments along the streetcar. And they are asking the city for like uh, a tax abatement. Like, they basically don't wouldn't have to pay taxes on that. Yeah. And they're getting help from, like, this, uh, the Kansas City Transportation Department, who is becoming, like, a major player in the region because of the streetcar. So it just goes to show, my point is that, like, austerity, like, you can't, you got to give something to get something. Exactly. And it's got to go to the right places, because it's certainly not now. Okay, yeah. So, math. Let's, Let's talk about some math. So... Let's take 365 days, the amount of days in a year, and divide that by 1,044, the amount of train derailments every year. That equals 0.349 and some statistically irrelevant change. We're going to multiply that by 100, and you get roughly 35 train derailments a day. Something is clearly wrong here, and I don't think it's my math. Seriously, I double-checked it, and I showed my work. Sister Susan would be proud. 
I think we have a crumbling logistical system that's deteriorating at such a pace it's dangerous. Then we add in issues like overworked rail employees, unreasonable production deadlines, and ignoring safety issues to raise shareholder profits, and you have a recipe for an East Palestine. If you don't have store-bought capitalism, homemade is fine. So, responses from the United States government have been tepid at best. From PBS.org, titled, White House Defends Response to Toxic Train Derailment in Ohio by Matthew, Matthew Daly and the Associated Press, quote, The Biden administration on Friday defended its response to a toxic freight derailment in Ohio two weeks ago, even as local leaders and members of Congress demanded that more be done. Michael Reagan, head of the Environmental Protection Agency, visited the site Thursday, walking alongside a creek that still reeks of chemicals as he sought to reassure skeptical residents that the water is fit for drinking and the air safe to breathe. I'm asking... What's up with Biden trains? This guy hates trains. Like, (laughs) the rail strike and this shit, it's like... You know, what's going on with the train situation? That that is a very good question, you know. Like who who doesn't like trains? I mean, yeah. everybody likes trains. Like what is Gigs, you know, I have a lot of people. I question a lot about Biden in general, but now I really question his integrity. Like he better show me some photos of him playing with the toy train or he's not gonna <laughs> get my <laughs> he's not gonna get my vote anyway. <laughs> so I'm asking they trust the government, Reagan said. I know that's hard. We know there's a lack of trust. He said officials are testing for everything that was on the train. No other cabinet member has visited the rural village where about 5,000 people live near the Pennsylvania line, but administration officials insisted that the response has been immediate and effective, end quote. So, it seems to me like this might be the type of thing that the big, big man himself, old Corn Pop, should make an appearance at, but I do understand why he hasn't, like you just were joking about. I think a lot of rail workers remember how he broke the back of their strike not two months ago. Why hasn't Deb, Deb Holland visited? I would think a chemical spill would be good grounds for the head of the Interior Department to look over, especially one who is as good as Secretary Holland. And why the fuck hasn't Mayo Cheat, Pete Budzig, been out there? He's Secretary of Transportation, for God's sakes. I'm guessing he hasn't because of the same reason as Biden's. As the famous saying from Game of Thrones goes, the railroads remember. Speaking of remembering... I just remembered that we have a commercial break, and I should probably put it in there. So, what do you want to plug for this episode, Joe? Uh, I guess, uh, so I'm in Casey Pennants now, and I'm writing with a newsletter there. Very so, nice. Um, if you're interested in that, uh, Casey Tennants basically, you know, advocates for housing rights in Kansas City Metro, and also for um, public funds converted to rent assistance, homeless, uh, tackling homelessness, like that. Anyways, uh, go to the website and sign up the newsletter. And yeah. you might see an article coming up next week um, writing about the history of Tennessee. And that's at caseytenants.org, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I'm not even a member. I'm a supporter, but I'm not even a member. But I remember their website. I think They're I actually linked. Much- what? Sorry. Oh, you're good. You're gonna say something. Uh, they're not the only like social, like not. They're not. They don't uh, identify as a socialist group. Yeah. But they're the only like unionized 
political group in KC really making any changes right now for leftist politics. Very much so. I've spoken about him a few times on the show, and I think my landlord episode, I linked up and gave him a shout out. So yeah, I'll, I'll, that'll that'll be my plug too. KC Tenants, and also if you're on Facebook, check out Tenants Rights Group. We have a pretty cool mod men team. So anyway, here's some other things that you can find online. <laughs> Ads. I just got my hours cut again. How can I pay my bills? Yeah, it sucks, especially since they only pay us minimum wage. But what can we do? Solidarity Man. That's right, fellow workers, it is I, Solidarity Man, champion of the working class, and it sounds like you need a union. A union? That's right. What power on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? So, a union makes us strong? That's right. Alone, you can do little to change your situation, but together, you can move mountains, and the industrial workers of the world are here to help. Huh? The IWW is a union for all workers, no matter the trade, job, or career, and we want to organize your workplace. Wow. Where can we find the IWW? In your hometown. The IWW has branches all over the world. Check out IWW.org to find your local membership board or join as an at-large member and start your own chapter. After all, our greatest superpower is working together. I must go. I hear another exploited worker calling for help. But remember, the working class and the employing class have nothing in common. Away! Hey, capitalism sucks, but Revolution Records, Kansas City's old-school record and bookstore, is part of my community. When I'm in Kansas City and need a book or a copy of a local band's album, I go to Revolution Records. Revolution has a great selection of posters, books, records, tapes, and zines. Plus, they repair music and sound gear. That's pretty dope. Most importantly, Revolution Records is part of the community beyond being a small business. The staff does a great job maintaining an inclusive, accepting, and respectful atmosphere, and they also are active in making Kansas City a better place. Community fundraisers, workshops, events, and meetings all have taken place at Revolution Records, and that's just the stuff I was involved in. So the next time you need a new record to spin or your speaker breaks, go check out Revolution Records, located 1830 Locust Street, Kansas City, Missouri, or at Revolution Records. RecordsKC.com. Deep in the swamps of Florida. Honey, is that a new plant? He dwells, waiting. Where did those seeds come from, honey? Silently. Oh my god, what is that thing? Sending seeds and stickers across the country. Ah! And spreading solidarity. Have you lost your mind, honey? We can't move to a sustainable commune in upstate New York. What's wrong with you lately? There's no stopping him. The mighty skunk ape is on Facebook and he's on a mission. Anarchy! No! Coming to a post office box near you, the Skunk Ape Liberation Union. Sorry. Oh, you're good. I'm kind of there myself. All right. We're back. Joe is scatterbrained. 
but <laughs> now we're gonna get into some even more in-depth stuff that will make him even more scatterbrained because now we're gonna talk about Norf Norfolk Southern as a company. So Wikipedia has a bit about the company and why I try to avoid sourcing from there. I had a hard time finding a write-up that wasn't corporate sponsored propaganda, especially after the recent disaster. So I just went to Wikipedia, which seemed at least the parts that I read didn't seem to be rewritten recently to bias it one way or another. So actually the most recent edit was 15 days ago. I digress. So from Wikipedia, quote, the Norfolk Southern Railway is a class one rail freight railroad in the United States formed in 1982 with the merger of Norfolk and Western Railway Railway and Southern Railway. With headquarters in Atlanta, the company operates 19,420 nice route miles uh, in 22 eastern states, the District of Columbia, and had rights in Canada over the Albany to Montreal route of the Canadian Pacific Railway. Norfolk Southern is responsible for maintaining 28,400 miles, with the remainder being operated under trackage rights from other parties responsible for maintenance. Intermodal containers and, tra and trailers are the most common commodity type carried by NS, which have grown as coal business has declined through the 21st century. Coal was formerly the largest source of traffic. The railway offers the largest intermodal rail network in eastern North America. Norfolk Southern was also the pioneer of the road railer service. Norfolk Southern and its chief competitor, CSX, form a duopoly. So, yeah, that's just, you know, some bullshit that I think I would care more about if I, you know, believed in the stock market and shit like that. But Explain this in a monopoly board yeah. game terms. Oh, Okay, so it's basically Norfolk Southern and CSX each own half the railroads. <laughs> have from the get-go, and you cannot buy them from them. And they, instead of it being $200, they go, let's make it $1,000, because what are people going to do? <laughs> do not pass go. So you want to yeah. really hope you pick the car at the beginning, or else you're not getting anywhere. <laughs> Okay, there we go. I was trying to set you up for something like that. Yeah, you well done. Yes, you teed it up very well. All right, um, so speaking of boring stock shit, we need to talk a bit about how they operate and their finances. So I actually did go to their press room to get their corporate earning release because I wanted this from their own words. So from nscorp.com in their fourth quarter yearly profit statement from 2022, Quote, yeah, look at you go. Right? And it's uh, all the information out there. I just compile it. <laughs> this script is like, you know, 70% quotes from other people. I'm just putting it all together with the occasional. I'm the guest of my own show in this case. <laughs> all right. So, quote, railway operating revenues were a record $12.7 billion in 2022, up 14% or $1.6 billion compared with 2021, driven by an 18% increase revenue per unit. So, the important number there is $12.7 billion. All right, keep that in your head. Put that in your back pocket. Back to it. Railway operating expenses were $7.9 billion, an increase of 19% compared with the same period last year, driven by higher fuel prices, inflation, network congestion, and higher compensation and, and benefits. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so then we... $7.9 So, 
Income from railway operations was $4.8 billion, up 8%, or $362 million year over year, an annual record. So they ended up making, they spent $12.7 billion to operate the railroads. Or no, they made $12.7 billion operating the railroad. They spent almost $8 billion, and they made and pocketed almost $5 billion. Right. And this is quarterly? Uh, this was their year end. Yearly? Annually? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I skipped over the quarterly part. They just hadn't done it all in one report because it was year end. So, Still a lot of dough. Yeah. Right. And given the fact that I don't want to get too deep into this because we got, you know, other stuff to go, but given the fact that they can't afford to maintain enough staff that the workers are wanting to strike and stuff like this is happening. It's kind of grotesque, you know? Yeah. I mean, incidentally... Especially when you put workers at risk, like, with shit like this. Yeah. Well, workers and communities. And yeah. incidentally, this is the first line of the about section in that release I was reading from. So you look up the about the company at the bottom, and what they say for themselves is... Quote, since 1827, Norfolk Southern Corporation and its predecessor companies have safely moved the goods and materials that drive the U.S. economy. End quote. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I that, think, that backfired a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I think they might be time to amend that statement because that is a post that aged terribly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, and I don't think that we mentioned yet that this multi-billion dollar company, after derailing a load of chemicals into East Palestine, only offered $1 million to help with the aftermath? Or that they're oh, I, heard of, I thought it was less. No, it, it ended up getting to $1 million, which is still a drop in the bucket when you're looking at, you know, environmental disasters. Well, didn't they initially offer, like... 5,000 or something? Oh, yeah, it was something pathetically small. I just didn't fall into that rabbit hole because they had most recently offered this. But, yeah, it was the original was like a pittance. It was like 5,000 bucks per resident. So yeah. it was only going to be like $250,000 and not pay for any of the cleanup and not pay for any of the long-term medical effects that have yet to be revealed. And... They were just trying to do it so they could duck out of a you know court settlement, but luckily people were smart enough to be like, bro, you just poisoned our town. We're not yeah. just walking away from this. Did so. you see the videos of like the, the creeks, the local creeks, and like people throwing rocks in them, and like the different chemicals and colors and stuff oh. that were coming? I'm glad I haven't. Like, I, I really like my rivers and creeks, and I think that would make me very yeah, sad. Although that does bear mentioning that something my mom and I argue about is, you know, boomers and, you know, our generation, millennials, whatever you want to call them, talking about how millennials hate boomers and think they made the world worse. And my mom's like, yeah, we did in a lot of ways, and I own up to it. But then she also points out that, like, the boomers were the one that got the uh, EPA invented and, like, the Clean Water Act past because when they were growing up all the rivers were probably not as bad as east palestine's watershed right now but was still where you could like light the rivers on fire and shit so yeah well that was nixon right? yep that was in fact old tricky dick nixon <laughs> the best president in united states history yeah yes uh, yes well if you go to futurama as a historical reference <laughs> <laughs> 
good old. I'm meeting you hippies halfway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Nixon opened up relations with China too. People yes. don't talk about. That. Yeah. Yeah. There. Maybe. Shit. Maybe we should have done a President's Day episode and could have shout out Jimmy Carter, who was also problematic but then spent the rest of his life building houses for poor people so I think like jimmy starter because he started the bed yeah uh we should probably get back to railroad stuff though i uh, want to stick with the presidential puns for a while no nah, no nah, we got to save those for uh next year that's an election cycle deal <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, or the Norfolk Southern representatives canceled the town hall after the derailment because they feared violence from the people of uh, of East Palestine. Yeah, that was probably a good call. Uh, by their own admission, they generated record profits last year to the tune of $4.8 billion. Surely they invested that wisely back into their company and put the money to paid employee time off or track maintenance or upgrading the lines. Let me just look that up here on Norfolk Southern website and, uh, oh, that's probably not good. Quote, Norfolk Southern Corporation today announced that its board of directors had authorized a new program for the repurchase of up to $10 billion of its common stock beginning April 1st, 2022. The company's current Hello. program will be terminated on March 31st, 2022. End quote. Yeah. You, can't, you really can't even write it anymore. Right? Uh, it's, I, yeah, it, yeah. Back to the script. <laughs> like so many other industries, instead of investing profit into the actual business, they take their profits to perform complex stock schemes to make the board of directors richer at the expense of those actually doing the work, while simultaneously letting the very logistical structures that they're responsible for maintaining turn into a roll of the dice concerning safety. Oh, and let's not forget lobbying costs. Quote, the quarterly lobbying disclosure available on the website discloses lobbying expenses for each calendar quarter rounded to the nearest $10,000 as required by the instructions for filing the reports. For 2021, Norfolk Southern reported expenses on its quarterly federal lobbying reports using the Lobbying Disclosure Act method. However, the tax method would was used. Norfolk Southern's corporate political contribution lobbying expenses for 2021 totaled approximately $4,360,000. End quote. Wow. But I'm sure none of that went to Joe Biden and the Democrats, which totally explains why we don't have headlines like from Jacobin. The Biden administration is helping Norfolk Southern block worker lawsuits or PBS saying railroad unions decry Biden's call to block potential strike or Senate blocks sick days for railroad workers, averts rail strike by forcing Biden agreement. It's it's a good thing that we don't have those headlines and that we have a transparent and fair administration that's totally looking out for its citizenry and not another bought and paid for politician that kowtows to their political donors at the expense of communal safety. Good thing we don't have that here in America, and we never will. It just, it just really goes to show you how cheaply politicians can be bought off. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a pittance. You know, right? Four million compared to their how much they're making every year? Billions, four almost yeah. four point eight billion. It's insane. And yeah, it and the fact that they then use that money that they make to inflate fake money in the stock market, and it's just this circular thing. And if they're never investing back into the safety or the workers or the infrastructure, like what's the point? 
Like, this yeah. is a great example of how they're just trying to wring blood from a stone. They're not even doing the bare minimum to make sure that the railways are safe. They're just like, oh, stock buyback, more money, buy the dip, shit like that. It's, yeah. yeah. You know what we need to talk about now that maybe will make us happy? I don't think so. Oh, wait, I'm not there yet. So, yeah. It's also a good thing that we don't have a long history of abuses by the railroad companies going back to when the rails were built. Good thing there isn't a history of violent land theft, genocide, corruption, unsafe condition, and worker exploitation. Yep, just don't like read any books about the shady shit involved in the building of the railways, or the Pullman strike, or the railway worker union, or how the railroad barons of history up through to this day exploit us and endanger us. Just don't ever read any books, ever. There, problem solved. You just gotta make I mean, sure. I mean, the no Native American genocide was literally caused by, like, hired railway mercenaries. Exactly, and you start yeah. looking, particularly when they first got up into the mountains in the West in California and ran off all the little tiny tribes that were all isolated, and then yeah, just the blanket decimation of the Eastern Plains Native tribes as they started working their way across. And that's not even getting into how the Transcontinental Railroad split the great buffalo herds into north and south and started the food shortages. And yeah, we do need to do, maybe when I finish this book, you and I do need to sit down and talk some colonization history because that's one of my favorite subjects. For sure, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, you just got to make sure, don't read any books and make sure to vote blue no matter who and everything will be fine. No worries. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about a famous train wreck from 1918. Have you ever heard of the song, The Great Nashville Railroad Disaster? No. No, I, I hadn't either. David Allen Coe covered it, and it's about a real oh, thing. Yeah, he's, a, he's not a racist guy. Well, <laughs> yeah, next line in the script. Side note, I did some reading on David Allen Coe, who had, I had only previously heard one of his songs, The Devil Went Down to Jamaica, and yeah... Dude was a piece of work, as <laughs> Joe just said. So here's Wikipedia talking about not David Allen Coe, but the Great Train Wreck of 1918. Quote, The Great Train Wreck of 1918 occurred on July 9th, 1918 in Nashville, Tennessee, United States. Two passenger trains operated by the Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis Railway collided head-on, costing at least 101 lives and injuring an additional 171. It is considered to be the worst rail accident in U.S. history. End quote. So, we're talking about this for a few reasons. One, because I came across it in my research for this episode and thought it was interesting and there were some parallels. Two, I have standards for scripts nowadays and I needed to meet my own word count. Three, I'm honestly not sure how to wrap this one up, and four, because I can, I guess. I don't know. Something about trains and disasters, it's an Ikea joke. All the parts are there, and you just have to figure out how to put them together. And like all Ikea stuff, you figure it out without instructions. Anyway. Well, I, I don't. Well, <laughs> I'll explain to you off mic, but, you know, I, I like to leave the listeners a little work to do, whether it's do some research or go donate to a cause. In this case, it's figure out how to make a joke. I'm too lazy to do it. <laughs> All mm -hmm. right. Back to that Wikipedia article. Quote, 
The Interstate Commerce Commission listed the people dead at 101, though some reports of the death toll as high as 121. At least 171 people were injured. Many of the victims were African-American laborers from Arkansas and Memphis who were coming to work at a gunpowder plant in Old Hickory outside of Nashville. As many as 50,000 people came to the track that day to help rescue survivors, search for loved ones, or simply witness the tragic scene. In its official report, the ICC was harsh on the NC and SDL. A combination of poor operating practices, human error, and lax enforcement of operating rules led to the worst passenger train wreck in U.S. history. Had the tower operator properly left to signal a danger, had the con uh, conductor monitored his train's progress rather than entrusting it to a subordinate, or had the crew inspected the train registers at Shop's Junction as required, the accidents would not have happened." End quote. So we can see that rail lines in America have a history of unsafe condition and exploited workers and those exploited workers causing unsafe conditions. Poor operating practices, human error, and lax enforcement of operating rules could also be used to describe the East Palestine derailment. When the tracks have degraded for years because the bosses didn't want to waste money on repairs, well, that's poor operating practices. Same goes with lax enforcement of rules, but this is because our railroad employees are overworked and underpaid, which also covers the human el error element. When you don't have a consistency of schedule or security of income in your life, your mind is distracted, is distracted by and more prone to human error. Basically, history repeats itself. Time is a flat circle, and people never learn. I usually try to close out the show with something, you know, extra wise or uplifting. Well... Before we do that, is there anything you want to add, my friend? Uh, as about, like, I guess the like, things you could do, I mean, wherever you live locally, there's any kind of governmental oversight over trains or transportation. I, don't, I, I guess just, like, look at them, do a little bit of research. You know? Yeah. Sit down. And, and also, like, I've given Sorry, you the, the parts to at least dive into infrastructure, railroad safety, all that stuff. So go look at some of these sources and, you know, dig dig down some rabbit holes. Yeah, and also I don't know if there's like a mutual fund or GoFundMe for like people who live in East Palestine, but it, that might be worth looking into. Yeah, and I do highly recommend if you're going to donate money to the various causes that you donate directly to something like a GoFundMe versus, you know, fucking Red Cross or something. Although, hey, side note before I close this out, um, the Red Cross, there's problematic elements, but I will say that when my house burned down when I was a kid, it happened right after Christmas, so they had to spend all their budget before the new year. So they they treated us good. We got taken care of. So I'm not beefing too hard with the Red Cross. <laughs> I do have one thing to add. Yep. One antidote. Um, so you know the situation is bad when you see the headline, EPA chief Ohio governor drinks tap water near train derailment site. That's almost a guaranteed like ecological disaster. Oh, yeah. Time. Oh, yeah. And I'm wondering how much they had to pay him, like, behind the scenes to go and drink the water. <laughs> uh, well, at least he'll get a nice cash bonus along with his cancer and his, you know, third nipple wood grows out of nowhere. So, <clears throat> yeah. 
I usually try to close out the show with something, you know, particularly wise or a nice turn of writing or something that's uplifting. I usually shoot for uplifting, but this one, I'm kind of kind of not sure what to do with it. I, I will say, Joe is, do what Joe said, you know, do some research, find out how you can help. And I would say, look where you're sourcing your food, but it's all obfuscated anyway. So you probably don't know, you know, anyway where it comes from. And the effects are going to go downstream through the Mississippi River system. So I'm not sure how to close this. So I've got a good idea. <laughs> We're just going to close it with this. Driving that train high on cocaine. Oh, Casey God, Jones, you better watch your speed. Yeah, that'll do. Because old Trouble behind, and you know that notion just crossed my mind. Uh, yeah, that'll do, because old Jerry knew that our, our only hope is each other. So We need to get right. Jerry to, to sit down with Joe, Uncle Joe Biden and talk about trains. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. And yeah. maybe a few other things, like they have a nice three-hour meeting and then all of a sudden we have safe trains universal health care and legal weed at a federal level <laughs> uh, all right well anybody you want to you want to plug you want to shout out casey tenants again or anybody else or yeah just caseytenants.org sweet look out for the newsletter yeah check out the newsletter at casey tenants and y'all can find me at red leg revolution on facebook and youtube red leg pod on the twitter i joined reddit the other day i still don't know how to how to use it interesting you just joined reddit yeah just joined reddit oh I, shit i was managing like too many social media platforms which is why i need to just stop plugging my instagram because i have one but i don't know when i last updated. honestly reddit's probably one of the better places to plug there is a specific subreddit called like leftist podcast or something where people plug shit like that oh well hell yeah yeah I, that was the main reason i finally joined because i was like oh you know facebook suppresses all my podcasting stuff and twitter suppresses <laughs> everything that's not elon musk apparently yeah for real <laughs> so all right, well, that is what we got for y'all. And yeah, go, I don't know, go tip a railroad car. That seems like yeah. a good good idea. And yeah, tip a railroad car, we're out, deuces. Blow up some tracks. Right, that might be a, a little extreme. I had to get that in for you. I knew you, that would urge you to go ahead and finish it up. Right, finish strong. <laughs>